Hello and welcome to Think Business Futures. We're coming to you from Tourist in Sydney on the Gadigal lands of the Euro Nation. I'm Anthony Dockrell. This program is made possible by the assistance of the UTS Business School. We all love a bargain, and if you're currently looking for a bargain, you may be waiting for the Black Friday sales. But do you ever think about the real cost of your bargains? What if you could be buying products that were more sustainable? Is that something you care about? Or do you run a business and you want your products to be more sustainable? But also, how do you reach consumers who may want those products? A new initiative called Green Friday aims to put sustainable-minded businesses with like-minded consumers. And just like Black Friday, you may find yourself a bargain. We're going to be doing a deep dive into the changing face of retail. And to help us do that, I'm happy to say we are joined by Melissa Drennan. She's the CEO of Release It, Green Friday and Kindershare. Melissa Drennan, welcome to Think Business Futures. Thank you. Excited to be here. Okay, so look, Black Friday, it's been going for some time in America and and in recent years it's caught on in Australia and become a huge sale. Before we we talk about Green Friday, let's unpack Black Friday first. Why do you think it has become so big in Australia? Because after all, it's a sale designed to to coincide with Thanksgiving. Australia doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I think Black Friday has become such a well-known name that I don't think it's really connected to Thanksgiving, really, even in the US. It's obviously an online event. So I think the timing of it made sense in the US to coincide with Thanksgiving because of, you know, delivery times that were required at the time and so on. And I think it's just become this global phenomenon, really, negative one in one sense, but huge, huge, um, well-known name in, in the retail. How important is Black Friday now to the retail sector? Unfortunately, extremely important. Um, I think, you know, consumers have become more and more price conscious and discounts and deals seem to be really at the forefront, especially during that period of time. You know, I know retailers who are taking 30, 40% of their entire year's sales just during that period. 30 or 40%. Yeah, it's quite shocking, really. Now, Australia traditionally had the its major sales, the Boxing Day sale, yeah. but has Black Friday now eclipsed it? Uh, I'd say close to, if not has. Um, I think, you know, with the growth of online retail and, you know, the, the, the level of online penetration that we're having and the fact that, you know, if you think as a consumer, what you're likely to get at the um, Boxing Day sales is the leftovers. Like what's actually not been able to be sold at full price that goes into markdown. Whereas by tapping into what's available a month or so prior, you're more likely to have some more in-season, in-demand product that is also put on a discount for a period of time. But it's not end-of-line clearance. You mentioned this before with Black Friday. There, there, it does imply some negativity. I mean, what, what for you are the negative aspects of Black Friday? Look, I think you never want to take away people's um, euphoria and excitement that they get from purchasing something new. Mm. But I think what Black Friday's done is with its quite aggressive marketing and the way that it discounts products so heavily, it means that people are buying things when they don't really need it. And what you end up getting is a huge amount of post-Black Friday waste where people have bought stuff just because it's cheap without having really thought about what they need to use it for. Could they gift it to someone? And there's just excess taking place because of Black Friday. Yes. And look, we all love a bargain. We but, do. But, but I guess the thing is, do we actually need all the stuff we're buying? Yeah. Which brings us to Green Friday. So 
Tell me about Green Friday and how it came to be. Look, I think, again, like I said, shopping is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to tell people they shouldn't be buying stuff because, as I said, it brings pleasure to people. Mm. But I think by providing someone with a thoughtful consumerism or being thoughtful about what you're purchasing and making sure that if you are buying something from a business, you know that they're doing something to give back to the planet, it makes that purchase almost better. You're getting a deal, possibly, mm. because obviously we know price is key. But at the same time, you know that you're contributing to something that isn't going to just add more negativity or waste in the market it actually may actually fuel those businesses to do even bigger and better things. So yeah, Green Friday basically launched, um, you know, soft launch three years ago. Last year was probably the first real big event in Australia. Mm -hmm. uh, it actually went head to head with Black Friday timing wise last year. Um, this year, we're actually going to go a little bit earlier because we want people to be thinking about it prior to getting into the, you know, the craziness of Black Friday and maybe making some bad decisions then. They will have time prior to the craziness around to actually have thought deep and hard of what they really want and what they need. But in essence, Green Friday is trying to bring together eco-conscious consumers or consumers that are just thinking they want to do something a little bit better with businesses who are out there doing something sustainable uh, and ideally connect the two. How many brands are now on board? Well, since it started, we've actually managed to attract 260 brands. So it's growing in momentum. And, you know, ideally we have even more than that moving forward. But, um, yeah, it's 260 brands all the way from large-scale brands all the way down to small founder-led businesses, which is what's quite exciting, especially for those small businesses. It's a really a big opportunity to be um, seen and be heard by a large audience. And how does a brand qualify to be part of Green Friday? Yeah, so... So there is a sustainability framework that we've obviously instilled. Like it's critical for us to ensure that when we are showcasing these brands on the site, um, that we feel comfortable that they have done their due diligence and they can actually stand by their um, their credentials. So it's anything from um, specific material utilization in their products all the way to ethical sourcing approaches. They may have certifications that we can validate. So it really looks at uh, the whole spectrum, and we've introduced circularity a lot more this year mm -hmm. so we're also looking at you know um, share economy so you know rental businesses so rather than purchasing a product you only need to use it for a short period of time you can look to rent it so really trying to expand the criteria that we can uh, educate our customers through and this this rental share model i think is a really interesting one um do you want to give us some examples of, of, of rent to share yeah, there's lots out there, but um, obviously within the same family as Green Friday is yep. a business that actually started at UTS Startup, so Kindershare. Mm -hmm. uh, so proudly looking after that business too. And that is baby equipment. So as a mother of two myself, I've got an eight and a five-year-old. I know all the purchasing I did back in the day, spent thousands of dollars on product that you then realize the child is able to use for like four months, three months. So it's really about um, creating a community of people that are ena enabled and supported easily to be able to share those products. So you might not be sure if you want to have a second, so you don't want to sell the stuff, but it's kind of gathering dust in your garage. So why not actually try and earn some money, help someone out, create a connection in community, um, renting out that baby bassinet for a couple of months until you need it again. 
So that's an example. There are so many successful sharing economy businesses out there. Um, you know, Airbnb being one of the starter in this space, but, you know, all the way from sharing of caravans all the way through to, you know, release it when it started sharing a lawnmower. Yes, yes, and it's a great model. We, we need to be doing more of it. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when you add the the actual uh, carbon footprint of, of sharing, it, it is a slam dunk, isn't it? Yeah, one of the things that's most critical in sustainability, if you can nail one thing that really has a true impact on your footprint um, is elongating the life of products. So by having the ability for this product that may have ended its life within your family, but all of a sudden it's able to be used by others, you are extending that life. And, you know, as long as the products are good quality, they've been made in the right way so that they have the ability to continue on, I think it's the best way to do it. It's it's the most premium way to really do something sustainable in my mind. Now, you mentioned that Green Friday used to run at the same time as Black Friday, but you've now yep. moved it. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because I think, um, apart from the fact you're getting away from all the white noise of Black Friday, really what you're trying to build is a, a model where people um, are being much more mindful of what they're buying. Correct. Um, and so you, they can actually be making purchases before Black Friday. But let's talk about that mindful sort of uh, shopping. Obviously... We're all very busy and we all have limited time and resources, but but how do you want people to be going out and making purchases? Look, for me, the, the reason I think Green Friday is a fantastic opportunity for businesses is, you know, we really want to extend that to be education, mm-hmm. content driven, yep. um, you know, uh, led by community. So it, it's really about making sure that people have under one umbrella, which obviously people don't want to go and do a million searches on Google, Mm. be taken to hundreds of different websites to try and work out what they want. What we're really trying to do with Green Friday is have that one portal that they can go through. We're working with a solutions provider at the moment to actually enable people to be able to shop by what they are most uh, passionate about, because obviously sustainability has so many different factors. To someone, it might be the most critical component is materials or animal cruelty, whether others, it might be about carbon footprints. So we're looking at ways to actually even enhance the customer journey on the site to be able to choose what's most important to you when you're on that journey. Um, but I also believe convenience, as you said, is critical, hence why online is a really great way you know, sitting on the sofa, maybe with a glass of wine, uh, searching the platform and being able to do all your shopping in one place in the comfort of your home. Yes. And look, there's another aspect to all of this, which I, which came to me while I was working on the program, which is we're, we're talking about consumers, yeah, but we're also talking about citizens. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in a society. So the choices that we make when we go into a shop actually have implications. Now, for you, how, how does Green Friday fit into that? I think there's uh, as a community and yeah. as a citizen, we often are quite influenced by others as well. And I think, you know, having the ability without any bias, without any fear that you know that you're doing that one little thing a little bit better or mm-hmm. that someone has given you the, you know, they've shown you that they've been able to do something a little bit better um, that you can be inspired by. I think as a community in totality, we have the ability to share some of this knowledge. I um, 
I was I follow obviously quite a few people on social media in this space, and I saw a um, I think it was a Banish. It's a business that's really focusing on you know recycling of materials, uh, and it was amazing. It was just a little post, and it was about I think I mentioned this to you the other day. It was about aluminium. You can't recycle aluminium when it's a you know small tiny coin sized um, parcel mm-hmm. but if you put them all together and create a tennis ball it can be recycled so I think as a citizen and as a community if we can start to share those type of learnings with each other um, I think we can really make it quite a large movement and little by little we'll make things better. The other thing too is that you know some of us will do our own research will mm-hmm. be you know very active in the space you know um, my kids will tell you when I'm going through the supermarket, I'm always picking up the products and looking at the back and looking yeah. at the ingredients and checking how much sodium it has in it. But most people are too busy yeah. and they're not wanting to do that sort of deep dive into each product. It does strike me that Green Friday is is also a way of setting people free. Yeah, it's it's almost they they know that we've done the due diligence yep. beforehand, and you know the the responsibility one hundred percent lies with those brands and what they're saying. And you know we do know that there is a huge um, issue in especially retail, but broader than that at the moment with greenwashing. So you know people are fearful about is what I'm being told the truth. Um, at the same time, you know, we also have a, an influx at the moment of what is being coined as green hushing. And green hushing is where p- businesses are fearful to communicate their their sustainability journey because to others it may not feel like they've achieved everything as of yet. And I want to talk about that because that's yeah. a really interesting one. So, look, companies are uh, risk-averse by their very nature and saying, saying a company is greenwashing cuts straight to the heart of their reputation. How big a deal is it for a company to find themselves in a social media storm but they've been greenwashing, do you think? Oh, it can be extremely damaging. I think social media at the moment is – has a power that we don't even comprehend um, the you know depend especially around sustainability around these type of topics that are extremely passionate people um, on social media with incredible followings so you can find a true or sometimes not true allegation being put out there that can be extremely damaging for a brand so I think that I can understand business is being reluctant but I do really truly believe that you know we need to also celebrate the progress that we're making you don't go from being non-sustainable to sustainable overnight I would love that if every business could become mm. perfect overnight and fix all its processes and fix everything amazing right but it's not doable overnight. And I think as businesses invest money, invest in their, um, you know, in their business in step-by-step improving it, I think we need to give them credit that actually they are improving things. And look, this, and let's turn now to green hushing because I think this yeah. is a really interesting term. You must have been finding this with Green Friday talking to companies that there's companies who are probably actually quite sustainable mm-hmm. or are, are bringing sustainability into their, the way that they function but felt really reticent about mm. putting themselves forward. What, what were you finding? One of the biggest responses we do get from businesses is we're not quite there yet. Right. I, I probably get that quite a lot from businesses who we're interacting with saying, come on, come on to the site. Um, you've done amazing things. We want to share your journey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they say, oh, maybe next one. I just don't feel quite ready right now. Um, maybe not quite yet. 
And it's sad in a way because I really wish that, you know, they were authentic with their message. And I think authenticity is the key. Like, don't hide that you haven't fixed X, Y, Z and only celebrate ABC. But if you're authentic about all of that and you tell brands, you know, this is what we've done so far. But this is what we're doing over the next couple of years. This is what we're planning to eventually do. That's why people have, you know, t- science-based targets that take us out to 2025, 2030, 2040, mm. because those businesses need that time to turn the business around. But it's not worth us then not talking about them until 2030 or 2040. It's very true. And look, look the, the whole world economy has to transition. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight or even it's not even going to happen in a decade. Yeah. So it does, it does strike me that the green hushing is a, is is a, a phenomenon which is completely understandable but mm. is also getting in the way of of progress yeah I, I i hope it's not getting in the way of progress i hope it's it's um just getting in the way of education at the moment because i think behind closed doors the progress is happening but the consumer who are the people we're trying to really mm. you know talk to um like you said before, they might have to read through 40-page reports to understand whether this brand or this company is actually doing anything about it. And people don't have time for that. They don't have the ability or sometimes even the technical understanding can be extremely complicated. So I think we're really trying to really break that down and alter the narrative to, you know, just be honest what you've done well, what you haven't done well. Yep. Um, you know, my prior business that I've worked at, you know, we talked a lot about progress over perfection. Let's really talk about the progress because actually, you know, those few points we've made of change actually have a huge impact, especially if you're a big business. And look, it's 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 fair to say that, that with greenwashing, they, they, it was a real thing. And Absolutely. Still is, still is. It's not uh, like something that's gone. And, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was some pretty flagrant um, uh, sort of examples. Mm-hmm. It's also true to say that we have much more uh, sophisticated consumers now yeah. who have a lot more knowledge at their hands and uh, are asking for products and asking for services. Uh, so we, we are seeing we are seeing a development here. So I guess I guess the the big thing is when it comes to greenwashing and green hushing is we. we we need to see some nuance, don't we? Yeah, and, and look, you're 100% right on that. I was reading a report, I think it was Couriers Please ran an independent report and it quoted that 85% of um, consumers are wanting to see um, businesses' uh, sustainability plans. They want to understand what businesses are doing about it. And actually, interestingly, we see that even reflected on Green Friday last year. Um, we had brand pages. So what we like to showcase is obviously not just the products and the placements that brands put on the site, uh, but also each brand gets a brand page. And in that brand page is where they can showcase their sustainability framework. So what they submitted to us to get on the site. It can also talk to um, their journey, their plan, Plans. They can add any content they want. It's really an opportunity for consumers to read about that. And in fact, 72% of the people that came on Green Friday last time went to brand pages. That's really interesting. And yeah. what other data are you getting from from people coming to Green Friday? What what are you seeing there as far as their as far as far as the 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 choices they're making and what they're looking for? Look, it's it's really impressive. Um, what we're seeing is definitely um, increase in conversions from Green Friday. Mm-hmm. So some of the brands we had on board saw massive increases in their sales and their conversions at checkout. Um, but actually what's really fascinating is um, 
nearly all the stats indicate that it's in excess of 70% that people will look for sustainable credentials before buying. They will be, you know, happy to possibly pay a little bit more if it's sustainable because they generally think it will mean it will last longer and they get longer utilization for it. So it's really noticeable in a lot of the stats that are being shared at the moment. And I've actually got in my um, inbox to read today, Greener just to release their latest report, which is normally a really good source of information. So these stats are evolving every day. So it's, um, yeah, it's really, the consumer's telling us they want to know more about this. It is saying that the consumer's getting more sophisticated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you want Green Friday to go next? Uh, look, at the moment, Green Friday predominantly runs on an event-based business. So mm-hmm. we have a period of time, like, for example, the launch of Green Friday in October. So we're going to be running a week-long event um, with lot, hopefully lots of uh, support, lots of PR, lots of, um, you know, business is taking part and it runs for a week the 27th of October to the 3rd of November but I don't want that to end after the 3rd of November so my starting um, in this business was really about trying to convert Green Friday to be an always on movement Mm -hmm. really community led I love the concept of you know engagement from community in regards to the things that they're doing to just make their life a little bit more sustainable. Um, I think I mentioned to you the, you know, the concept of meat-free Mondays. So if you're not going to be fully vegetarian, just be meat-free on a Monday. Amazing how cool it would be if we had hashtag Green Friday and every Friday everyone went out of their way just to do something a little bit more sustainable. Only use keep cups, you know, whatever it might Mm. be. But that is then shared with an audience of peer-to-peer people where they can be inspired by those actions that others are doing. So I really look to convert it to be, as I said, an always-on. Ideally, an always-on where brands can connect to consumers all the time. I really want to try and grow uh, education and content through it. So, you know, little mini versions of reports rather than 40 long page reports. So try and think of like the blink lists of a book or a summary of a book where this business may have released this amazing 60 page dossier on their entire sustainability journey. So that's my that's my vision. That's my plan. I'd love to kind of have the momentum to be able to get something like that off the ground and really become the source of a lot of education and knowledge for people in making more conscious decisions. Well, look, for an event that's basically in its third year and you already got 260 brands um that, that actually does sound uh, doable yeah yeah look i think this year is a really tough year for mm-hmm. people i think yep. if you know really truly acknowledging what's going on at the moment from a trading perspective yep. you know it's probably one of the toughest retail years that many have seen for a while so you know it's really critical that they get the return on those investments and get the return from what they're doing. So we're really working with all the brands as hard as we can to make sure that it's still something that for them is driving the outcomes that they need. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. It's, um, you know, people say three years and, you know, I've obviously only just joined the business. So I wasn't part of that early founder days, um, but the founders have done a fantastic job in building this out. Like anything that's good, it's going to be contagious. So do you see a time when consumers, you know, that, that, start making more and more choices with their credit cards and that feeds back into just general sustainability. And just to finish the circle, do you even see a time in the future when Black Friday is also a little green? Oh, that would be brilliant. Look, I don't want to be selfish and hold it all to ourselves, <laughs> right? I, I think for me, the, my motto is that if everyone did a little bit better, 
um, it would be a much bigger impact to our planet than only a few doing something really well. So if we could get every business out there doing something green, I think it would be phenomenal. But absolutely, we want to be the source of that truth and where customers think of when they're trying to be more sustainable. Melissa Drennan, thanks for being on Think Business Futures. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening to the program. This edition was recorded at the studios of Tourist on Gadigal Lands. And if you want to hear this program again or share with your friends, just go to touristyr.com or you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Think Business Futures will be back next week. I'm Anthony Dockrell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>